Good evening, everybody. It is so good to be back here with you again. It's already been introduced that our theme this week is on the King of Kings. I think that we're going to hear some really beautiful messages on this topic this week. And I get the privilege of talking about our King of Kings as our awesome God and the awesomeness of God. So first, we have to define this word awesome since we're using it to describe our Lord. And if you go to the dictionary, there's two definitions that we'll, you'll see. And awesome is an adjective. It's a descriptor. And it says the first definition means extremely impressive or daunting, inspiring great admiration, apprehension, or fear. And when I think about that definition, and the way I use the word awesome most commonly, mm, that's not typically how I use the word awesome. So in our modern vernacular, the second definition, which is more informal, is defined as extremely good or excellent. You know, like excellent, you know, like awesome. That was totally rad. I can see right now Caleb putting up those like comic book, you know, the little spiky uh, bubbles with the word in it. I can see him adding that right now just around my head. Um, but that's more how I use the word awesome in my daily language. For example, Juliet is learning to read this year. Five years old, started kindergarten. Y'all, I'm her teacher, so just, you know, say a prayer for me. I would appreciate the prayers, but she's actually really excited to read. And she has been doing great so far in our lessons. Um, but when she, you know, does a great job with a hurdle in her reading, or she reads her sentence with three, four, five words, I tell her, awesome job, Juliet. What I mean by that is I'm not saying that in reference to her work. Um, but that I, she's doing an excellent job. That's that synonym, excellent. And that's how I'm emphatic in my praise of her. But, you know, in reference to God, um, how we use it in our modern vernacular is polar opposite to how we see um, it used in reference to the King of Kings in scriptures. You know, my sister, I was talking to her about this week's theme and she said, oh, I know a minister that won't even use the word awesome in the way we most commonly use it. Oh, that was an awesome job, awesome show, awesome service. Um, because he reserves it specifically for when he speaks of the greatness, the awesomeness of the Lord and his presence. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to use it in its informal sense, uh, but he just has decided that that word really is reserved for our King of Kings. And so our scriptures tonight that I'd like to turn to that capture this awesomeness of God is out of Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 4 to begin with. It says, it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. 
attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundation, and the entire building was filled with smoke. Keep your finger in that Bible. Um, we will be returning back to this chapter of Isaiah in just a few minutes. But in these first four verses, Isaiah is describing his vision of the Lord, our King of Kings. And the way he describes him is in this grander way, this awesomeness of God that he found himself before. You know, Brother Moss is full of wisdom. And when we were talking about our topic for this week, he shared some wisdom with us. Um, and he said that the meaning of a long train on a king's attire meant that was significant of each square that was added to a king's train represented a battle that he had won. And so a long train meant a very victorious king. And so we can see here with that knowledge, which I did not know previous to this lesson, and maybe some of you did, um, but I did not know that. And so when we read, again, the scripture of Isaiah's vision, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. I think that's almost impossible to grasp what that mean what that would look like the lord's train filled the temple and it's a description of how our king of kings has been victorious in battles we serve a victorious god some other words that complement awesome or synonyms to awesome when referring to our great God. Words like the splendor of a king. Splendor meaning grandeur, majestic, bigger than life. Holiness and our holy God. You know, this holiness refers to God's otherness which I want to define here. You know, God is not of this world. He is other. He is not anything that we know or have knowledge of. Uh, when we try to use words to describe God's holiness, it can only come from what we know, which I'm sure falls short in uh, you know, before the greatness of God. But we all, even the, the writers of the Bible and, and in the Old and the New Testament, those who tried to describe God's holiness, they stumbled. You know, they, it's hard to describe it, but we do our best. 
But God's holiness, it's part of the awesomeness of God. His sovereignty. God is all-powerful. He is the king of kings, as we're looking at this week. And kings, historically, are sovereign entities over their entire kingdom. They are the most powerful person in their kingdom. And the scripture describes God as the king of kings. He is the most sovereign. He is the most powerful. His power is unmatched. And there is no thing that is greater than God. I'd like to turn us back to our scripture verses in Isaiah chapter 6 and look at verses 5 through 8. So verses 1 through 4 was the vision that Isaiah had when he saw the Lord. Verses 5 through 8 capture Isaiah's response to this awesome presence that he was before. Let's read it. Verse 5 says, Then I said, It's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom shall I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. I think that this is a truly awesome passage because it captures Isaiah's response to the presence of the Lord. And what is his response? He is lowly. He is unworthy. I'm sure that's not even enough of a descriptor. You know, unworthy probably falls a little bit short of what Isaiah truly meant by how he felt in the presence of the King of Kings. He said he saw his filthiness. He lived among filthiness. He was doomed. He was no right to have to be in the presence of the King of Kings. And we know that a king, if we think of human kings, a response of a human king to a subject typically resulted in abuse of power, abuse of authority. Kings typically use their unmatched power to further themselves, you know, selfishly. But we don't see that response from our King of Kings. Our King of Kings' response, as the scriptures tell us, it says, He touched my lips, that God sent the seraphim, touched my lips with it, and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. God's response as King of Kings was mercy and grace and love not typical of a human king. We serve an awesome God. Amen. As I was studying for this lesson tonight, I couldn't help 
but in the background of my mind, there's a little medley of songs that we sing together in our worship to God that speak of his awesomeness. Many of the songs using the words that we find in scripture. A few that I was thinking about, uh, the one, I see the Lord seated on the throne, using the words of Isaiah, exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. And it says, holy, 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 holy is the Lord, holy, 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 holy is the Lord. I wish I could have it playing for you in the background of my message tonight, but Facebook legally wise, we can't do that. And for your sake, I won't sing it. But the lyrics, just listening to songs that we worship God when we sing about his awesomeness. Another song is that Chris Tomlin song, How Great Is Our God. And he sings the splendor of the king, robed in majesty, and all the earth rejoice. How great is our God. Also the old time song, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. We saw him give that to Isaiah in the passage that we read. Our God is an awesome God. I'm sure there are more songs that you're thinking of that sing and speak of the awesomeness of God. And so it leads me into our engagement that I'd like to challenge us with this week. This week, if you would spend some time on your ride to work, on your lunch break, on your evening walk, or around the dinner table or breakfast table with your family, or maybe even in your small group the next time we meet, spend some time and choose one of these songs or another song that that you can think of and listen to the words and really think of the words you're singing and reflect on that in the presence of God, on his awesomeness and his awesome power and his awesome mercy, love, and grace for his people. It's truly amazing. It's truly humbling, I believe. And it's truly awesome that we are invited freely into the unmatched presence of the King of Kings. Let's not take that for granted. Let's not use it casually or think of it as, oh yeah, we do that all the time. You know, I didn't bring up the example of Moses, but I meant to. When Moses found himself before the presence of the Lord and he saw a glimpse of the Lord's face and hindquarters, Moses also found himself awestruck in the presence of God. We see Isaiah is awestruck in the presence of God. And when we truly think about the King of Kings that we know that we have a privilege to serve, 
that has freely invited us to participate in his mission in this world, that leaves me in awe. So this week, please find some time to spend with the Lord in his beautiful presence. If you would just close in a quick prayer with me. Lord, we come before you. We come before your awesomeness. We come before you in your kingship as your king as the king of kings of this world and universe beyond what we can see and understand that you would invite us into relationship with you and show your love mercy and grace to us and your faithfulness and protect us with that power that is unmatched. Help us, God, to remember how awesome you are to serve and that it is a privilege to feel your presence so freely. We lift up your holy name tonight. We stand in reverence to that name. We stand in awe. Jesus, you are worthy. Just praise him as you want to right now in your space where you are. Lord, we give you the glory. We praise your holy name, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, in your greatness, Lord, that you love us. Oh, there could be so many different responses from a king, but yours are good. Your response to us is love, forgiveness, protection. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We close, God, in the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.